the Thaddeus Young rumors connecting him to the Phoenix Suns from every single angle, all of that and more coming up on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA for SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine. And you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. It's actually the last day I'm going to be able to say that. Today is my last day at Bright Side of the Sun at SB Nation, which is sort of crazy to say. Um, Taking, as as I told you guys on Monday, a break a little bit from this show for a few weeks going down from five times a week to three times a week, I guess hardly feels like you can call that a break necessarily, but um, cutting down a little bit and starting to cut down a little bit on the writing commitments as well. So this show's not changing, not going anywhere, not um, slowing down, but I'm not going to be writing about the team at, at length consistently anymore, at least for Brightside. We'll see if any additional opportunities rise, obviously open to that, but I uh, just need to take things easy for a little bit. So that's the deal. I uh, will have to come up with a new intro, but um, today's show, folks, is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, let's let's hit it, though. Thaddeus Young, uh, the Athletics, Sham Sharania, not only um, linking the Suns to Thaddeus Young earlier this week, I think on Sunday, in his Inside Pass column, but also, of course, um, just letting us know how available Thaddeus Young indeed seems to be. So figured it was a good time to jump back in. I think that was a guy that I had talked about all the way back during free agency week. Um, just makes perfect sense. So We'll talk about all that in a second. Obviously, the big news in the NBA is Ben Simmons um, and his availability, seemingly, in addition to his potentially, I guess, I don't even want to say fit because I'm not even sure if there is fit, but uh, could potentially land in in Minnesota. That's the big news, but lesser um, in terms of NBA stuff, but much, much bigger in terms of Sun's impact is this Thaddeus Young thing. So, I uh, just wanted to quote Sham specifically. The Suns are among the contenders who have pursued Suns forward Thaddeus Young. San Antonio acquired Young in the sign-and-trade, uh, the DeMar DeRozan deal. Uh, DeRozan heading to Chicago, Thaddeus Young coming back. The The main gist of it here in, in terms of the availability and just that side of, of if and when he could become available is pretty obvious to me. Thad is um, 33 This will be his 15th NBA season. He has not won an NBA championship and in, for the most part, not really come close to being all that competitive in the playoffs. He had some runs with those early 2010s Philly teams, but in the, in recent years, you know, first round exits with the Pacers, with the Nets, and then Chicago the past two seasons have not even made the playoffs. So this is a player who, at 33, with all these years under his belt, has played all sorts of roles, which we'll get into as we go. He's never 
even um, made it past the conference finals. And I actually forgot that, no, 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 not conference finals. Um, No, he has not made it past the second round. Um, And that was with Philadelphia in 2012. So it's a player who wants to win. Obviously, the Spurs are not going, at least I would assume he wants to win. I guess it's not obvious until he tells us so. But I I would think is ready to move into a stage in his career while he still has some juice left where he wants to win. And he hasn't done that. And he's on a team now in San Antonio where, of course, he could play a role because he's a really good player, a really versatile player, a guy who can sort of fit anywhere. But doesn't seem to have a path toward competing at the highest levels with this Spurs team. They might be fine, but he's trying to get past the second round. I don't think the Spurs are the place where that is going to happen. So that's laying everything out. I also think, as I just noted, in terms of um, the fit, the, the flexibility, the versatility that Thaddeus Young brings, it's pretty obvious that every other contender would be interested, right? So... Yes, in this particular report at The Athletic, Thad is only linked to the Suns. However, I think it's fair to imagine that most teams that have a roster spot, which is an interesting and important point to make here, there aren't a ton of teams left that have that. So we talked about that all throughout the offseason, that the Suns have that extra roster spot that they have not filled. Um they never brought back Galloway, never brought back Moore, etc. So they do have that 15th roster spot open. That helps in terms of being able to more easily sign a, a player like or bring in a player like Young. Obviously, though, this would be a trade. So in that case, it's bringing a player, extra player into a deal, having the flexibility to, you know, potentially waive one of your own players. They just have the roster flexibility They have um, the mid-level exception, which in this case would not really play a role. They do seem to just generally have some more flexibility than other players, uh, than other teams do. Because yes, it might not be perfectly related to this young deal in particular, but you have that extra roster spot, you have that extra spending power, you can potentially do a two-for-one trade for somebody like Thaddeus Young, and you're able to then have money and, and roster spots available to fill out the rest of it. So... It's all to say that the Suns are in a good position. Young obviously seems like the type of player that would be looking for a move to a more competitive situation. The Suns obviously have a need for him, and that's where I want to go next. So um, I I just wanted to lay out for those of you who might have missed it exactly where we are with regard to Thaddeus Young, where the rumor came from. I do want to shout out Flex, um, Flex from Jersey on Twitter, who has been linking the Suns to Thaddeus Young for a while now. Um, It was hard for me to tell just from the wording of some of that if it was an actual report of this is likely to happen. This is in in talks. And I I think so Shams putting it in a little bit more concise, clear language at least makes me feel a little bit more comfortable really going in on it. But I do want to shout out Flex for um, having that thought in our heads for a little bit longer. Um, Let's talk about the fit, though. Let's talk about... um, what kind of player he is because he's a very different player than you might remember, than you might think of him as being, especially having been in Chicago on a losing team the past couple of years. He has really transformed his game playing bigger and also playing a little bit differently on offense. So let's dive into that and then let's talk about really the ultimate role he would play here and if it's something worth doing, what that trade might look like. So all of that to come quick though, a first, uh, first a quick word from Sweatlock, the Little secret to confidence right in your back pocket. Big presentation at work, 
first date coming up some night soon, whatever it might be, all of us deal with anxiety, all of us deal with that unwanted moisture that can come with it, and of course, for all you local fans who live in the valley, just walking outside can do it for us, uh, getting that sweat going and overheating us, creating that moisture, that unwanted odor, all of it. It just compounds and it can be really unpleasant, obviously. Sweat block solves the problem. Again, that little secret to confidence right in your back pocket. Their number one product is a wipe, a deodorizing wipe, an anti-moisture wipe. It's not like a normal deodorant stick. It is literally like a wet nap. You apply it. It works for seven days after you apply it to wherever that moisture is coming from, stops it in its tracks, cuts the odor down in a jiff, and obviously allows you to feel more comfortable. You can fit it in your work bag, your back pocket, your toiletry bag, wherever you may be, whatever context situation you might be looking to deal with this in. Sweatblock works. That's really all you need to know. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, and has even been tested live by firefighters who are hoping to cut off that moisture in the line of duty, which is insane, but really, really works. So if you or someone you love deals with this type of thing, and we all do here in Arizona, but really everybody in general, uh, we've all dealt with sweating. I think that's a pretty universal issue. Check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for 20% off over at sweatblock.com or check them out at Amazon and CVS. Today's show also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and on top of all of that, you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion to get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package okay let's dive into exactly what the suns could be expecting if they were to make a deal for Thaddeus Young. We'll talk what the trade might look like to close the show and what type of role he might play if it's worth pulling off such a trade, but I think it's really worth diving into what type, again, what type of player Thaddeus Young is right now because, as I said, 15th season and 33 years old, but he plays a very different style than he did when he first came into the league. So the main thing to note is last season, so he's on the Bulls, um, back up to Wendell Carter, to by the season's end, Nikola Vucevic, and <clears throat> plays center a ton. That's the big change. So in any season prior, you'll remember at the very beginning of his career, this guy was a small forward. That's how much the league has obviously changed. But last season, 28% of the time at center, 20%, 28% of his minutes he was sort of the biggest guy on the floor defending the opposing big man. No season ever in his career prior to last season was he ever above 3% of time at center. So he jumped from 3% to 28% of the time at center. And he was, for the most part, a lot of the time was a backup. He did, I believe, start here and there. He started 23 total games, but a lot of the time that was really being a backup center. So... The Suns don't necessarily need that. JaVale McGee will play that role for them. But 
it would be another option, especially with Dario Saric out, the uncertainty around Jalen Smith, and obviously um, not having anyone else really to do that. You know, they don't have a typical small ball type of center. So Thaddeus Young would be an option there. He plays him four as well, and I think he fits decently next to DeAndre Ayton, but he is added this new point of part of his game where he can capably basically be a big man for you. Now, there's a different way he does it, of course, because he is only 6'8", but I think that's hugely valuable. The other thing to note in terms of how his game has changed is that he had a 27.1% assist rate in 2020-21 here this past season. Prior to that, again, just for context, prior to that, over the course of a full season, he had never had an assist rate higher than 124 which was in 2014-15. He spent half that year in Minnesota, half of it in Brooklyn. Never before. So he doubled the, the, the next nearest assist rate last season with the Bulls. Now, obviously, when you see jumps like that in terms of number of amount, uh, amount of minutes playing center, in addition to the, the overall playmaking that he, that he was able to flash, I think all of that lends itself to wondering, okay, well... Are we really looking at a player who's going to be able to continue that? Is this a new a new normal for him? Or is it something that is more of a one-off? And I think all those questions are fair. What I would say is, um, as far as the offensive stuff goes, being a playmaker, one, that's what the Suns ask out of their big men. Yes, they ask for a center to roll, but especially when you saw Dario Saric out there, Frank Kaminsky out there, those guys, even Crowder at times, those guys are being asked, Tory Craig, <laughs> those guys are being asked to, um, to play make, to, to go to the elbow, to set a screen, to do a dribble handoff, to um, um, reverse the ball at the top of the key. These are all things that Suns players do at the big man spot under Monty Williams. And it lends itself to the obvious integration of somebody like Young. I also think when you're talking about playmaking that Billy Donovan is obviously the coach of the Bulls. That is the coach that was very successful um, implementing a system last season for the Bulls, not unlike the one that we just saw Monty Williams integrate into the Suns offense. They played uh, coach together in Oklahoma City. Monty was part of, of Billy Donovan's staff. They both have that heavy ball and player movement philosophy in terms of how they want to play. So Thad moving from that system to the Suns system would be pretty natural. He is doing it, you know, hopefully would be repeating that playmaking performance in a situation very similar to the one that he just did it in. So all of that makes you feel like it's not an outlier. The numbers are pretty likely. His passing efficiency and his passing versatility, both in the upper percentiles, according to the B-Ball Index, definitely recommend seeking their website out. I'm going to cite a lot of their stats. They have an overall playmaking talent grade Puts them at 1.53. I believe zero would probably be neutral. Anything positive is good. Anything negative would be bad is my guess of how that's calculated from what I remember. And it is putting him in the 92nd percentile overall. He's creating a ton of assist points per, per possession. Everything shows that last season he was outlier good in terms of playmaking. And I think it can translate. In terms of the newness of his position, playing center, I just think, look, I mean, a lot of that to me is... A, it was necessity for the Bulls. Carter was hurt and was inconsistent. Lowry Markkinen, same thing. Hurt and inconsistent, not really a center himself. They made trades to get rid of guys like Daniel Gafford over the course of the season. 
So they needed somebody reliable at center. And although it's not his normal position, he filled that because they needed it. I also think it's just the modern NBA. You don't need somebody 7-2 with a huge wingspan a la Roy Hibbert to go out there and be a center for you. I'll get into a little bit more of that in a second, but I think if you just look at what his role would be in Phoenix, it's mostly going to be similar to what it was. I, I, I'm making a big deal about the center thing, but he played, okay, he played 28%, 27% of his minutes at center last year, which was by far the highest of his career. That still means he played 72% at basically at the four. So I think that would be pretty similar here. It might even be less center, but you need that flexibility um, in order to have the option. And that's what the Suns just don't have right now. Losing Torrey Craig, losing Dario Saric, I like the JaVale McGee edition, but he's not a flexible piece. He's not going to really be able to do much outside of the ideal sort of obvious mold of what JaVale McGee is, a rim-running, rim-protecting, traditional big man. That's all that JaVale McGee is. He's not somebody you're going to want to have switching out on the perimeter, playmaking, any of that stuff. Whereas you're really needing to replace that with Saric and Craig out. Thad Young, also a a fairly good offensive rebounder, so Torrey Craig obviously giving you that. And last but not least, I do want to highlight his uh, three-point frequency because it's not where you want. So coupled with him being a center, that meant that a lot of his offensive value came from finishing, from passing, and from offensive rebounding more so than it did um, really the shooting. So 35% of his uh, his shot attempts in 2019-20 were from deep. Only six percent this season. So if you if but even if you average that out a little bit, I still do like it. He then becomes a player who can play the four or the five for you, who can handle the ball a little bit, and who can space the floor a little bit. Perfect fit in Phoenix. I think it's obvious why. <laughs> Aside from Aaron Gordon, I would say that Thad Young is probably the single player who Suns fans, who people like me, have been advocating more for more than anyone else ever since he was in early days of being a pacer. I remember talking about how great of a fit he would be. Basically, I think ever since DeAndre Ayton came here, Young has felt like a pretty nice fit. You would need to put shooting around a lineup like that because neither of those guys are excellent shooters, but I do think you we would have enough playmaking, and Thad Young can shoot the ball enough to where you feel okay with it, and he can do a little bit more with the ball in his hands. Would it be ideal? No. But that's where we get into what does the package look like? What What's reasonable in terms of what can you actually give up where you're not worried about it being too much, but also you want to be a little bit aggressive because of how solid of a fit I obviously think he can be here. So get into all of that what the deal might look like, and why I think a couple specific things about Mr. Young make me particularly excited. First, though, quick word from Bilt Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever, really the healthiest candy bar ever, is the better way to think about it, and my favorite protein bar out there, because they deliver. They deliver on exactly what they say that they are. Low sugar, high protein, low calorie, delicious, chocolatey, soft, Wonderful protein bars. That's it. And every single one is exactly the same. So yes, they have the core favorites like double chocolate, my personal favorite, or coconut or raspberry, but they also rotate some of these out. Strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, all specials just for the summer, and yet all exactly that same recipe for success. Not going to be overwhelming, not going to be too much, too bulky, too 
uh, filling, frankly, and they're all going to be soft, easy to chew, delicious, no matter what the flavor on the inside might be. They also are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is uh, cool. I mean, not a lot of bars, not a lot of food in general that can get approved to be the official of anything related to Team USA. They are very, very picky. Um, so if you need that extra little bit of convincing, that'll do it for you. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's not first order, that's next order. You can double dip. Use this promo code as many times as you want. Share it with your friends and family, whatever you want to do. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Three big deals for you to take advantage of as we get ready for NFL kickoff. The internet's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL, $200, NFL survivor contest are both open now at BetOnline. When you make your account to take advantage of that offer, you're going to use the promo code Locked On to get a 100% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit, doubling your first deposit. And last but not least, be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo by making a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up using the promo code NFL100. So to take advantage of that deal, heading into opening day, that's promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports through football season and beyond. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's close out the show here. The main thing I think we need to hit on when it comes to Young. So I've talked about what kind of player he is, how he's changed as a player, all these different things. The main value, the main reason that I think he's worth it, and then we can get into what the deal might look like, where, where I would maybe draw the line. And and of course, it's it, this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. I'm, I'm saying that I think this part of his game is exciting, but of course, there's a limit to what that really gets you. But the, but the, the bottom line is he is an option against the Giannis's and Anthony Davis's of the world that you just don't have right now, except obviously there's Jay Crowder, obviously there's DeAndre Ayton, and, and those guys have use. They're, they obviously would be part of any game plan when you're facing a perimeter-oriented big man, a big man who can put the ball on the ground from the forward slash center spot and really make some, some noise. Thad Young is an option there. The Suns, you know, didn't really have that, despite what Torrey Craig might look like. He is a little bit on on the weaker side compared to some of these types of players. Can throw LeBron in there as well in terms of who the Suns just saw in these playoffs. Aiton is a good option. I think obviously he proved that, but ideally I think you want him as a rim protector. You want him as somebody who, yes, you can switch out there. You can have out on the perimeter if you need him to be. But ideally, I think you'd want him to be dropping into the paint and executing more of that pick-and-roll defense, that help defense, and somebody like that able to go out there and defend. Again, the b-ball index stuff is very, very good. Um, Some of this stuff is just steals and deflections and stuff when it comes to perimeter defense, but where I want to go is the defensive matchups. So they break it down in terms of the, the archetype, the, the, the role of the opposing player that any given player defends most often. So what I want to highlight specifically is that 8.3% of the time last season, Thad Young was de- was defending what B-Ball Index calls versatile bigs. 
That was in the 94th percentile in terms of how often Thad was out there guarding those types of players, which is exactly like an Anthony Davis, like a Giannis Antetokounmpo. And uh, that was 240% better than average. So for players that are like him, that play the role that he does, he was defending versatile big men way more than uh, you would expect. I also like the um, (laughs) going to interior defense, contesting the rim, very high rim contests, blocks, all of this stuff. So he's a he's a turnover creating defensive player who can handle matchups with versatile big men. Do I think a 33 year old who is obviously never somebody who relied on athleticism to be at his absolute best is the all encompassing answer to some of this defensive matching up with a Giannis type of player? I think it would be silly to buy into that too much, but. Basically, for four, five, six years running now, Thad has been an above-average defender. Last season, he took a real step forward in terms of orienting his game more toward the perimeter, creating turnovers, handling bigger matchups, all of this type of thing. So I think that is why I think you have to go for it. Is he, He's not a perfect fan, a perfect fit with DeAndre Ayton at the four. Um, he's not you know, a great, great shooter. He's not going to have a huge role necessarily with with JaVale McGee and other guys in there but I think he is worth it for that reason because he would be so valuable in the playoffs and he fits how this team wants to play now let's let's close out by talking about what that trade might look like the obvious thing to say and I've seen some hesitancy of like if this was the package then why would they not have already taken it and I do understand that but the obvious one is Dario Saric and Jalen Smith now Smith is obviously the big factor there, whereas Sharic is mostly salary filler, but it's also the only salary filler the Suns really have. They can't really afford to give up Jay Crowder. He's too valuable to what they do as a shooter, as a defender on the wing. It's just not tenable to me right now, unless you're getting a higher caliber player back. So it has to be Sharic. It has to be Jalen Smith. I mean, you can add other things to it. I mean, obviously you could add... Anyone they want. Abdul Nader, I think, can be traded soon since he was re-signed. I'm not exactly sure on that. Anyone else, I I, I, I said anybody, but of course, you don't want the young core. So understanding you are constrained in terms of the package, Sharich, Smith are on the table. And I I think Smith as the centerpiece is pretty good. I think... There's just not a lot else that the Suns can offer. Smith and a pick is way too much. Um, it just does not, it's not worth that. Thad Young is a an older player. I mean, and with all, all of that said, he is still very much a player who is a short-term stopgap, is a role player, is filling a specific need for you. He is not a player who you're counting on to um, be a part of the long-term solution. He is going to be a free agent after the season, so he is expiring. All of that is to say, I do think you draw a line. You have Sharich, you have Jalen Smith, you can trade future second round picks. You can potentially try to finagle to have some of these other players if they, for some reason, really stand out to the Spurs. Uh, Nader, I guess, would sort of be the main one there. Other than that, though, I, I do. there's just not much else you can trade. Obviously, you can hear me stumbling through what else it might even look like. It's going to have to be Smith, it's going to have to be Sharich, and it's going to have to be some second round picks here. 
He's just not good enough to include a Cam Johnson, to include a Mikael Bridges, of course. So that's really what you're stuck with. I would not put a first-round pick on the table, like I said. I would not put any of those young core players. But I think as we get closer to the season, we're not hearing a bunch of other interests in Thad Young. As I started off with, he has every reason to want to get out of that situation, get into a winning situation, and the Suns present that to him. The Suns have been now reported to be interested, linked to be interested. And I just think if there, as much as you could say, if Smith and Sharich was going to get it done, why would it not have happened? Sure, maybe that's not what the Spurs want. Maybe the Spurs do want more. Maybe they're trying to negotiate to draw a hard line, to draw a hard bargain, whatever it might be. That all seems reasonable to me. But at the same time, I think you could say, well, if they had another offer on the table that was better than Sharich and Smith, they would have taken that already as well and, and pulled the trigger there. So where I think we are is negotiating, the Suns clearly interested, the Spurs wanting to get a little bit more, flip that asset for something a little bit better. Maybe they don't like Jalen Smith a ton, but every day that gets that, that ticks by and we don't hear of other suitors, we don't hear of, of traction, it becomes more likely to me that the Spurs go ahead and just say, fine, we will take Smith, we will deal with Sharich. And I don't even know. I think that there is still a likely, uh, a decent likelihood that whoever acquires Sharich could then turn that into an injury hardship exemption. Maybe you get a young player who you take a chance on with that roster spot. It's not a bad option. I think as I've talked about ad nauseum during during Summer League, um, Smith is a player I'd be comfortable dealing. I mentioned Thad Young as a guy who I would be okay giving Smith up for. I don't think Young is done. Even if he does have his contract expiring, I think he's somebody you could look to re-sign as he enters this new phase of his career, upping his position a little bit. I just think it's a home run move. He would fill such an obvious need for this team. He seems to be modernizing his game and getting better in that new role. And he needs to win, wants to win, would be empowered and, and, and dedicated, determined to winning. I just think it's a home run. I really feel like there's smoke here and I hope that it gets done because I think it would just be so satisfying to see it finally happen, pairing him with DeAndre Ayton, giving the Suns that new dimension. It made me very excited to see that they were indeed looking for him and and trying to go out there and get him. We will obviously be following each and every move leading up to training camp here in a few weeks, leading up to the start of the regular season, whether that is with Thaddeus Young or without So keep it right here. I will be back on Friday. Remember, just three times a week for the show here. Subscribe on YouTube if you are listening or watching there. Or if you just haven't already, it does us a big favor. Even if you're not a huge YouTube person, maybe you're only there every so often, just give us the subscription. Uh, It does help immensely. gets more people's eyes on this show. And wherever you are listening, go ahead, hit that subscribe or follow button there as well. And I will talk to you on Friday.